Take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. We've been preaching a series on Sunday mornings that we have titled for His namesake. There's so much that that we need to understand that we live this life and really it's for His namesake. It's not about us. It's not about what we get in this life, but it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should live for His namesake and glorify Him. 1 Samuel chapter 17, of course we're very familiar with this portion of Scripture. It's about David and Goliath and, and how that the army of Israel, they wouldn't go out and fight against the champion of the Philistines. They were afraid of him. Uh, of course he was a very large man and so uh, that's the reason that they was afraid of him. But uh, uh, So David comes along, nothing more than a, a teenager you might say. And he goes out and he asks him what's, you know, uh, what's going on here? Why is not somebody fighting him? And they were all afraid of him. His brothers rebuke him for asking about the battle and, and so forth. And, and uh, he, he, there a fair, famous verse there, he says in verse 29, David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Boy, I'll tell you what, we could stay there all morning. There's a cause today to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a cause for Christians to stand up for what is right. There's a cause for us to, to bring America back to God, to see that our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and our children, that they might know the Lord and have the freedoms that we've had and, and, and have experienced that we love. There's a cause. I'm telling you what, folks. There's a cause for Christians to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would look with me down at verse 38. Verse 38 says, And Saul armed David. David said, I'll go out and fight him. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proven it. And with that word said, he, he decided he wasn't going to take it into battle. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of, of a brook and put them in a shepherd's bag. Some people say, why did, it, it, why did he take five stones? If you go through the Bible, you'll find out that, that Goliath had four brothers. You think about that a little bit. He was prepared, I'll take on him and I'll take on his brothers, amen, I'll take on the whole family. And he took five stones with him and he went out to fight against Goliath here. It says, and put him in the shepherd's bag, which even in a script, his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine uh, looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. The Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of, the Israel, of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. 
for the battle is the Lord's. He shall give you into our hands. And it came to pass when, he, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. I like that. I like that. Uh, come here, White. I want some, I want some, some, he's tall. He, he looks like a big old Philistine here. I mean, he's a lot taller than me. I, you know, I could act like I'm David here. But the Bible says that the stone sank into his forehead. If that stone hit him hard enough to go into his forehead, which way is he going to go? But the Bible says that he fell on his face. You say, preacher, so what? Because when David hit him with a stone here, God hit him here. And he fell on his face. Why? Because that is a semblance of a person falling upon their face in obedience and reverence and yieldingness and submission unto God Himself. And that Philistine, even in his death, had defied, before he had defied the, the, the God of the armies of, uh, 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 of Israel, and he said, I'm going to show you, you're going to bow before you even leave this planet. And he fell on his face. I'm going to tell you something, we serve an awesome God, Amen. And that there's everything that's written in that Bible. Hey, there's a reason for it. And God wants us to know that, hey, listen, the enemy may think that they're on top. They may think that they're bigger than everybody. They may think that they're in control of all things. But he said, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen. I'm telling you what, God has got this thing under control. You may think things are going the wrong direction. Uh, I think God knows what direction they're going. And I think he's just getting ready to get us out of here. My friend, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you say, Preacher, you haven't even finished reading. I know it. I'm ready to preach this morning. Amen. And the fact is, is that, hey, listen, uh, we don't have to worry about the enemy. God's got it in control. Oh, yes, we may be like the, the army of Israel and we may be fluttering around because we see the enemy and he looks so big and he looks so bad. But I'm going to tell you something. God's got it in control. We're going to get out of here one of these days. Now, I don't even know where I left off reading. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the mercies of God. And Lord, I pray that you be with us this morning. I pray that you speak to our hearts. Lord, that we've got several people out, uh, Lord, uh, for different reasons and quarantine and stuff like that. But Lord, it's good to be in the house of God. It's good to be around your people. We thank you, Lord, for the folks that are here. Lord, what a blessing it is. And, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage and strengthen each one. Lord, I pray that you meet the needs. Lord, there may be somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray that you work in their hearts and lives. And, Lord, I pray that you draw them to it. But, Lord, I pray every Christian here would get something that would stir their hearts, Lord, and draw them close to you, Lord, encourage and strengthen them. And we'll give you the honor and glory if I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. There in verse 45 is our text this morning. It says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. I come in the name of the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, we've got to realize that we need to start living and coming in the name of the Lord. 
Too many Christians are coming in the name of this world, living like the world, acting like the world, doing what the world's doing. Hey, we see here David, uh, he, he, was, he was a teenager, he was a young man, and he, he's coming out to fight the, uh, the warrior of the Philistines. He didn't have any experience at war. He had been taking care of the sheep. He had been watching over the flocks at home, and his dad sent him up there to take some some food and stuff to his brothers and, and, and some cheese and stuff to, to the king. And, and, and so David comes up and he's never been at a, at a battle. And he's looking what's going on. He didn't have any war experience. He didn't have any armor. Uh, Saul was trying to give him, put on his armor, but he was uh, young enough and small enough that, that Saul's armor, and if you go back and see that Saul was a big man, that's what he says he stood head and shoulders above the rest of the people around him. He was a big man, and he took that, 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 that armor and was going to put it on David, and it was too big. He didn't have a spear. Saul was going to give him his spear. He said, I've never used one of these before. I don't know how to use it. He's going to give him his sword. He said, hey, listen, I can't use that sword either. And, and, and there was nothing. he didn't have no bow. He didn't have no arrows. All he had was a sling and a shepherd's staff and five smooth stones. Well, let me back up. That's not all he had because he had the Lord on his side. He had the Lord. Can I tell you something? That If you got the Lord on your side, you're on the winning side already. You got the Lord on your side, listen, there's nothing can defeat you. If you're on the Lord's side, if you're living for Him and, and, and doing what He tells you, you stay under the hand of God, I want you to tell you something, you're mighty in, in, in God's eyes. And, and this world may think that you're weak. They may think that you're small. And they may disdain you like this Philistine did and cursed him and, and, and said, what am I, as a, am I a dog that you come out with staves? Otherwise, he, he's belittling him and saying, you're not much. But I want to tell you something, in Jesus Christ, we're everything, Amen. Hey, listen, we're the, we're the child of the king of heaven, and one day he's coming back for us, and I think it's getting close. David said, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He acknowledged Goliath's weapons that he had and, and his shield and everything of defense, saying, you come to me with a man's abilities and man's ways and, and man's strength and everything. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He said, I want you to notice that. He said, I want you to understand, I, I may not look like much, but I'll tell you what, there's dynamite comes in small packages, amen? And the fact is, as David come out, it wasn't in his strength. He was going to stand in the power of the Lord. Notice here, uh, uh, there's power in the name of the Lord. He, he lifted up the Lord as he stood before this giant. Over in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among, among men where, where, uh, whereby we must be saved. I'm going to tell you something. You, you can join a church, that's not going to save you. You can go through the baptistry, not going to save you. You can turn over a, a, a new leaf, it's not going to save you. You're just going to find worms and, and, and everything else under there. Hey, you can, you, can, you can do all kinds of good works for everybody else. You can, you can live a good, clean life. And my friend, it's not good enough. It's only through the name and the blood of Jesus Christ that you're going to be able to get saved. Because it was Jesus Christ that came and took your sins upon Him and went to the cross and died in your place, in my place, shed that sinless blood. And my friend, it's without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission of sin. And it's only through the power of, of Jesus Christ, what He did, that we can be saved. Power to be saved when you trust in Him. In Acts 4, verse 7, there it says, and when they had set, set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Talking about healing this man. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you, you all and, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. My friend, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of times where many Christians are ashamed to mention the name of Jesus Christ. You should never be ashamed to mention the name of Jesus Christ. Well, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, it's, a, it's, it's funny. It's funny, Brother Gene. Sometimes I'll be in a, in a group and they'll be using all kinds of language and I'll bring up the name of Jesus Christ. Boy, it shuts her down. Why? Because that name has power in it. That name has power in it. You say... Preacher, you mean, well, they're saying things they shouldn't be saying, that you'd bring up the name of Jesus? Why not? There's power in the name, amen? If I've got to listen to their stuff, they might as well listen to what i got to say. Amen. And I can begin to brag on Jesus Christ, and it sure changes the atmosphere. I remember one day I was, I was out working on a, uh, I was down at, I was working down at Miller Trailers, and I remember I was out in the, in the workshop, and I was working on this man's trailer, and, and he was out there, and man, he was yak, 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 and, and using all kinds of language and everything. And he happened to say something about that. I said, well, you know what? This is the day the Lord gave us. So it's, it's a wonderful day. I'm going to rejoice. And I said, boy, I'm glad I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I just kept right on working. It got real quiet. He walked out of that shop. He wasn't supposed to be in there. He walked back into the other room, and Pretty soon he walked back out there and he said, hey, listen, he said, I didn't know you was a preacher. He said, I'm sorry. And he began to apologize. He said, I shouldn't have been talking like that. And I just kept right on working. Amen. The thing of it is there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. People know there's power in that name. And oh, how we ought to lift up the name of Jesus Christ wherever we go. There's power in that name. There's power to do mighty works in, in his wonderful name. You go through the scripture and you see the, what the, the apostles did as, as they used that name and as they healed, not in their own abilities, but under the name, for His name's sake, they glorified God by lifting up Jesus Christ. When we come together in His name, we come together in His power. In 1 Corinthians 5, 4 says, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. You realize this morning, that's sitting in this room as we've come together, and, and we don't have the, the eyesight to see it, but there is a spiritual battle that is taking on all around us and above us. There's a spiritual battle. And honestly, what you don't really understand, and I really don't understand it because we can't see it, Satan would swoop in and his demons would swoop in and destroy you at this very moment if he possibly could. But under the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He does not have permission to do that. He cannot touch you. He cannot touch me without that permission. There's power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to, to protect us and to watch. As we come together, God uh, listens to that prayer. He listens to those prayers as we come together in prayer, uh, lifting up one another in the Lord's name. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's convicting power in the name of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. By, the, by your life, people should know by whose name you live. By the way that you live, by the things that you say, by the th way that you handle your life, people should understand 
by whose name you're living by. They ought to know that name Jesus Christ means something to you. Wherever you're at, there should be no, there should be no debate in, in, in whether you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. The power is in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. Not a magical name, but it's in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what the giant is in your life. It doesn't matter what the enemy has, his weapons or, uh, and his abilities. Hey, listen, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in living for Jesus Christ and putting him first in your life, obeying the Word of God, obeying Jesus Christ, and following him. There's power. You can do all things through Christ, which will strengthen you. David presented the name of the Lord for a testimony there. Look in verse 46. He did it for, for the Lord's name's sake. He says, This day will the Lord del- will deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the, car- and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You see, we're to give a testimony of the Lord to all the earth. Who He is. What He's done in our lives. What He wants to do in our lives. This world needs to know about Jesus Christ. One of the greatest days in my life is when I come to know Jesus Christ, my Savior. Not one of the greatest days. It was the greatest day. You say, well, what about marrying your wife? That was the second greatest day. But the greatest day of my life is when I come to know Jesus Christ, my Savior, because that gives me eternal life. My friend, I want you to understand, I I don't ever want to be ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. I want the world to know about Him. This world needs to know the answers to the problems. We're facing problems. You know what? A mask mandate isn't the answer. Uh, Politics don't have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. I understand that, you know, that, that we need, we need the, the legislation to keep things running and do right things and all that. But you know what? That can't take care of the greatest problem we have. The greatest problem that we have is sin. As I was last night, I was, I was getting ready to take a shower. And as I, I was taking a shower and everything, I began to think. And I began to say, Lord, oh, it sure would be nice if everybody could get along. It sure would be nice if, everything, if everybody was truthful. Lord, it sure would be nice. What kind of world would it be if everybody loved one another and, and cared for one another and, and tried to help one another and, and be there for one another? And Boy, Lord, what, it, what kind of world would it be if, if, if all of a sudden people quit stealing and robbing and, and killing and, and, and countries quit fighting over trying to take over another country and, and they could get along and they could just, you know, they could share and trade and everything. You say, well, preacher, you're talking about socialist country. No, I'm talking about, a, about the Lord being in control. The fact is, is that because of sin, until the Lord comes back, it'll never be that way. And what this world needs is they need to know Jesus Christ. That's the only hope, that's the only answer that anybody has is Jesus Christ. But how are they ever going to know that unless we lift Him up? How are they ever going to know that unless we share Jesus Christ with one another? How are they ever going to know the need and, uh, that is before us and, and the answer to the problems until we share Jesus Christ with them? David said, hey, listen, I come in the name of the Lord. 
He said, I, I, I want you. He said, I, I'm not going to make any beans about it. He said, you come to me to fight and to, to kill me and do all this stuff. And, and you come with a sword and you come with a shield and you come with a spear. He said, but I come in the name of the Lord. What if Christians begin to live for the Lord like that? What if we begin to live like that? Well, I'll tell you what. It'd make a big difference. We begin to see some of these legislators and different ones. They would begin to change some of the laws that they've got that they're pushing through and executive orders of, of abortion and stuff because they would begin to realize, hey, that's a life. They begin to change some things and, and some laws that they're trying to, to push and different things that, uh, and write executive orders on that, that gives us a, a, a perversion and, and stuff like that, free reign. Say, preacher, you better watch what you're saying. Listen, the Bible says it's an abomination. The fact is, is that we've got to stay with the Bible and we've got to stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not be ashamed of His name. We've got to stay close to the Lord. We've got to allow the Lord to take control of our lives. And, but we've got to share Jesus Christ. People need to know about our God. Like Daniel uh, of old, as he testified of the Lord to Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel came and Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed these dreams and and nobody could tell him what the dreams meant. Nobody understood them. And, and so Daniel, they called Daniel up and said, We hear that you, can, that you, are, have the, that you understand the dreams and, and, and so forth. And you can tell a man what, what, what the dreams are. And Daniel approached him. He, says, but, he said, No man can do that. He said, But there is a God in heaven that reveal the secrets and maketh known to King Nebuchadnezzar that shall be in the latter days thy dream and the vision of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he began to explain to him. And he said, listen, I want you to understand. He said, I'm just a man. He said, but there is a God in heaven. And he is able. Hey, what if tomorrow when, when somebody comes to you and they begin to question, hey, listen, I, I, I can't give you a solid answer, but the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. There's a God in heaven that can answer and can give you peace, can give you direction in your life. There's a God in heaven. His name is Jesus. And oh, I want you to know Him. I want you to know about Him. I want you to understand how He loved you and He went to the cross and died for you. This world needs to know who this God of heaven is. You see, we're to be salt and light before this world. For the Lord's name's sake. You see, that's for His name's sake that this world might hear and know of the God of heaven. Just like Daniel or, or David there that day, uh, he, he wanted them to know from the very beginning. He wanted them to know who the battle belonged to. He wanted them to know how He was going to win. He wanted them to know who the God of heaven was. That should be the same in our lives. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, down through verse 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thence good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden on the foot of men. He said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see... We're to be a light. We're to be salt. I don't know, probably everybody in here, you've had a cut on your hand and, and you've got some salt in it before, or maybe sweat, and boy, it burns and stings. Years ago, and there's still some people still do it, they used to take pork and 
And they would rub it down with salt and to keep it from rotting. And, and it, it, uh, it stopped corruption. And what the world needs today is Christians who are salty. It's got some salt about them that's willing to stand for God, that's, right. that's willing to live for the Lord. I'm, I'm glad we got some, I'm glad we got some, some uh, 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 Christian politicians. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, Curtis, and there's, a, I think, a Vicki Hartzler and, and different ones like that that I know of personally that, that, uh, that are, are Christians that know the Lord, and I'm glad that they got some salt about them and willing to take a stand even in, 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 uh, in, in places that it's very difficult. We've got to have salt. If the salt's lost its savor, it's not good for anything. I'll tell you what, we're needing Christians who are going to be salty, going to take a stand for the Lord. And, and there were to be that light to show them the direction, give them direction to know how to get to Jesus Christ, to know what the Lord's done in our lives for His name's sake, for the Lord's name's sake, that they might also understand what Jesus came to die on the cross for them for. And that they might understand how to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. David presented the name of the Lord that the Israelites also might be strengthened. It wasn't just so that, that the Philistines, the enemy, would know who won the battle. But it was so that all of Israel would know who won the battle. You know what? It's a sad day we're living in that a lot of times Christians, you can't tell half the, part of the time whether they're Christian or not. And they're, what they're needing, they're needing to see somebody else taking a stand. They're needing somebody else to see somebody else lifting up the Lord. And, and that's what David was doing here. He said, hey, listen, I want, I want all of Israel to realize that this battle wasn't won by a sword and by a shield and by a spear and by a strength of men. I want even my brothers that, that are in the, in the army of Israel, he said, I want them to know that God did the, fought the battle. God defeated Goliath. God is the one that we've got to go to. Boy, in some impossible times, we've got to realize that. There in verse 47, it says, In all this assembly, talking about everybody, the, the enemy and also Israel, shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. You know what? One of the greatest battles that we're in, we're in some great battles right now in our nation. We try to get godly people in, in the right positions. But those godly people need to be prayed for. We need to lift them up. We need to pray for them daily. Curse is on my prayer list daily. Others are on my prayer list daily. We might pray for them that they can be able to stand. They'll be able to, 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 to when the battle comes and when they have to, have to make some very tough decisions and, and when the pressure's on, that they'll follow the Lord and follow the Word of God. Hey, listen, we need to, we need to take a stand. We need others to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't back down and we shouldn't turn away. We ought to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and magnify Him in our lives and glorify Him. Hey, David said, hey, listen, that all this assembly, everybody that was there that day, he said, I want everybody to know that God fought the battle and that God is the answer. And the Lord is our answer. We've got to get America back to the Lord. We've got to have revival across this nation, and, that's, and that begins with the church. That's you and me. 
We've got to get on our faces again and begin to seek the Lord with all of our hearts and begin to, 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 to beg God to deliver us. Hey, listen, every day uh, we need to be praying, God, uh, uh, a sin revival. Lord, forgive America of its sin. Forgive us of killing the unborn. Forgive us as a nation for the, for the wickedness that we've allowed. Lord, send revival and turn it back and pray for one another that we'll stand that People can see the Lord high and lifted up in this day and time. I believe we're living, as I was talking to Dale back here, I said, you know, a lot of people, we, we all say, yeah, we're living in the last days. I think we're living in the last hours. I think we're getting close. I think we're getting real close. You begin to look, and I was doing some, some uh, uh, a reading for a, another message that I was saying about preaching, and, and uh, uh, that there in uh, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, it speaks of a war. And that war is one of the things that's going to take place and it's prophesied that's going to take place that uh, where Russia comes down against, against Israel and some of the other countries come up from the south and, and Russia, but, but some other countries join them from the north, but uh, especially Russia, and they will come into Israel and they will come into those mountains and God will destroy them before they ever get into Israel. God will destroy them. You say, okay, I, that's good, preacher. Have you been watching what is directly north of in, in, in that area and where that is? Syria. Guess who's been in Syria the whole time? Russia, Iran, Iraq, and a bunch of other countries that hate Israel. Do you know what they're doing? Practice getting ready. But I'm gonna tell you something. Folks, we're living in the last hours. You begin to look at the different things and and, and, uh, that would set things up. And you, you, most of you have heard the, the comment, the great reset. And the great reset is to change everything uh, in the world, not just one country, but everything in the world. And it's a beginning of a one world government to come together. Hey, listen, get in Revelation. You'll see it. It's there. It's, they're already preparing. A lot of, uh, if you listen to a lot of the, the, the parties that's in control uh, uh, on the federal level right now, they've been hollering, reset, reset, reset. And they've been wanting this to happen. Guess what? It's, it, the Lord's already prophesied it. He said there's going to become a one world government. There's going to come a one world religion. There's going to become a one world, now get a hold of this, monetary system. Boy, that's already in the works. All these things are going to come about. I plan on being out of here. It's called the rapture. I plan on the Lord catching me out of here. But my friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you may be here during that time. And if you're here during that time, then you'll not have the chance to get saved. Because I already told you about Jesus Christ and how to be saved. And the Bible says that you'll believe a lie and be damned. Because He gave you opportunity the opportunity, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. The fact is, is that many times we say, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll take care of it tomorrow. My friend, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen. We do know the Lord's coming back. And for the name's sake of the Lord, hey, listen, we need to be that salt. We need to be that light to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ. David presented the name of the Lord there to the Israelites that they might be strengthened. 
And he said, I want everybody to know, hey, listen, the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, that, and he shall give it into your hands. Hey, listen, he's, he, he wants you to be strengthened by that. He wants us to be strengthened by the fact that the Lord is able to take care of all things. Hey, don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Hey, get excited about the Lord's getting ready to come back. Too many times we get our heads and, oh, man, things are bad. No, the Lord's getting ready to catch us out of here. It's getting better all the time. Well, we need to be looking up. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. And then we see that we have, you know, we're to strengthen the brethren. We're to strengthen one another by the testimony of the Lord. Back in, in, in the uh, Second World War, Edgar Harrell was a U.S. Marine that was on the Indian, USS Indianapolis they hauled the atomic bombs to the islands where they was going to load them onto the planes and then take them and drop them. Edgar Harrell was a group, and a group of Marines was on that ship with the, with the uh, sailors and stuff. Well, that USS Indianapolis, they, after they delivered their cargo, they didn't know what the cargo was. They delivered it, and uh, they left to go to a different island, and they were the USS Indianapolis was sank by a Japanese sub. Those men spent four days floating on life jackets and anything they could get a hold of in the ocean. It wound up that only 300 of them survived. But during that period of time, they seen horrific things take place from the salt water on people's bodies and how they would, it would burn and blister and they'd have big old blisters under their arms, and, and they didn't have no water. You can't drink the water. People would begin to hallucinate, and they would begin to take big gulps of, the, of that seawater, which just made it that much worse. Before long, their lips would swell out and, and open, and their eyes would, would glaze over. They would go out of their mind, and some of them would even take off their vests. And, and he said at one time, there was a, one of the sailors who... He said, hey, there's a water. He called it by uh, another name. But he said, it's like a water cooler. He said, there it is. And he took his vest off and swam down just as far as he could and drowned. And they began to lose their minds. Sharks was attacking them and ripping their legs. And many of them was killed by sharks. Many of them finally gave up, would take their life jacks off and just let go. He said, it was, he said bodies would be floating around them, swollen, the stench. He said it was a horrible thing, and people would begin to give up. Edgar Harrell began to, to pray and call on God. Edgar Harrell was a Christian. He got saved when he was a teenager and was living for the Lord and when he went into the military. He began to share scripture with them and he began to encourage them. He said, we're going to make it. God's going to take care of us. He said, God's going to be there for us. We're going to make it out of here. He looked at his buddy, one of the Marines. It was one of his best buddies. And he's, his buddy was about ready to quit. And he started taking off his, his life jacket and was just going to give up. And he said, no, you're not. He said, we're going to make it. He said, God's going to take us through this. And he, he, they prayed. And, and they would take turns. They'd gather together and they'd try to hang together as a group. And the, the sharks wouldn't bother them as bad if they was in a big group. You get one that strayed off, got floated away, the sharks would attack them and kill them. And they would 
pull together and they, a lot of times he said they'd hit your dangling feet. You could feel the sharks hitting your feet with their, their fins and stuff. And so they would take their feet and they'd put them up on one another and they would try to lay flat so that they wouldn't get in. He said, while well, we embraced and held like that, he said, we'd pray. He said, we'd take turns praying. And different men in that group that later on that survived, they talked about Edgar Harrell, how that he encouraged and prayed. And man said, I wasn't a religious man, didn't think much about God. He said, but I learned to think about God and to pray. Many of them got saved. They'd quote scripture. The reason I'm telling you this is because Edgar Harrell in probably one of the most devastating periods to this day, or to that, the writing of that book, Edgar Harrell, he couldn't even walk out. He, when he'd get close to the ocean and he'd see that, that ocean water, he couldn't take it. He'd have to turn around and leave. It's such horrifying things that they watch take place. But it was because that he encouraged a lot of these men in the Lord that they made it. Different ones talked about how that he would, would pray and that how he said, the Lord's going to bring us through this and how that he would quote scripture that would strengthen them. Folks, none of us have been through anything like that. But I'm going to tell you what we're, what we're seeing today, the battles that we're in and the enemy that's against us. We need to be encouraging one another in the Lord. Lifting up one another in prayer. Encouraging and standing strong. You know, it's a lot easier if somebody's standing with you. It's a lot easier when, when folks get behind one another and encourage one another. I'm going to tell you something. What's needed today is for Christians to, to begin to pull together and say, we're going to, by the grace of God, we're going to stand. We're going to see America brought back to God. By the grace of God, we're going we're to stand and see the folks in our area get the gospel and, and see many of them get saved. We need to begin to stand together for the namesake of the Lord in His name. Then lastly, David had confidence in the facing the conflict in the name of the Lord. Look at verse 48. So then it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David... Notice what David did. He didn't turn around. He didn't run. He didn't stand still. So David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran. He knew the Lord was on his side. And he knew that he was going in the name of the Lord. He didn't stand there. You know, I... I you would have thought that probably he'd have seen that big giant coming towards him and he would have thought, oh, why did I do this? But without any doubts, without any fears, the Bible says that he ran. He didn't walk. He didn't stand. He ran towards the enemy because he knew that the battle was the Lord. This morning, there's a battle raging all around us. It's a spiritual battle. Oh, yeah, it affects the spiritual battle, affects all kinds of things that we're facing today in America. Folks, we need to run into the battle because the Lord is with us. This morning, it doesn't matter what your problem is. If you know Jesus Christ, He's with you. It doesn't matter how big the enemy is. The Lord's bigger. Doesn't matter how great an army the enemy has, the army of God 
is always greater. Always greater. And for the name's sake of the Lord, we need Christians today that's going to stand up and say, I come in the name of the Lord. I come in the name of the Lord. Not being ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, well, if there's one thing that you need, you say, preacher, I just don't know what's going to happen. Hey, listen, get on your face and, and just begin to ask the Lord to be with you and help you. He said he would. But look at the Word of God over and over and over again. God won the battle. My friend, if you doubt that the battle's already been won, go to Revelation. Go to the back of the book. I love what old, what old Roger Bennett wrote. I read the back of the book, and we win. Yeah. Folks, we're winners because of the Lord, not because of us, not because of our abilities, not because of any of our goodness, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ as our Lord. Let's bow. Maybe this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Well, then, my friend, you can't claim that victory in your battle until you ask Him to come in your heart and life and save you, and He becomes your Lord and Savior. This morning, I'll be standing down front. Why don't you come? Let us take a Bible, show you how to be saved. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. But, my friend, while the battle's raging, we need to realize that we need to go forward and let this world know we come in the name of the Lord. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that you're there for us, that you fight the battles. And Lord, it doesn't matter how big the enemy is, they can never defeat our Lord. We love you, Lord, and we ask that you just guide us, Lord, and give us wisdom as we stand in these days and times. Know us how, Lord, teach us how and show us how that we can be that witness of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to pray for our leaders, Lord, that are trying to take a stand. Lord, the battle is raging in this country. Lord, help us to stand with them, to stand strong, stand by them. But Lord, help us to stand for Jesus Christ, for His name's sake, that You'll be glorified, that You'll be magnified, that souls will be saved, that lives will be changed, Lord, in this battle. Lord, it made a difference in Israel. Boy, they took off after the, after the Philistines, after they seen the courage of David to standing there. And, and defeating that enemy, Goliath. Then they got courage, and they went on. And Lord, they defeated the Philistines that day. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way in our lives. Lord, help us to stand that others might stand also. For this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning with your head bowed and your eyes closed?